I've got scoop for you. It's scoop about what, why this Bitcoin price is moving sideways and which way it's going to go after it moves sideways. You can see a little clue here in this little triangle. And then I've also got some other scoop for you about Amazon and which blockchain they're going to use. Yesterday, I gave you guys some clues. I said, Amazon is going to use a blockchain that is not EVM compatible, which means that it's not Matic. It means that, unfortunately, it's not Avalanche. It means that, unfortunately, it is not Ethereum. But I do have the news for you as to which blockchain they are going to be using. And that's what we're going to be talking about. So are you ready? Get your bags ready because we're going to pack our bags and, and buy this blockchain. Get the fuck out of bed, bitch. Go. want to get Kyle to do those dance moves. So if you want to see Kyle doing those dance moves, what I need from you is to tell me in the comments that yes, you want to see Kyle doing those dance moves wearing a red robe and then we'll arrange for Kyle to do, we'll get a bet going with Kyle and then we'll have him do those dance moves wearing a red robe. It'll be amazing. Uh, is my mic body, my mic body is amazing. All right, listen guys, welcome back. We've got a big show here today, even though it's not the most uh, crazy day on the markets. I've got a lot of scoop for you guys. First of all, I'm going to show you some more scoop about which way this Bitcoin chart is going to go. And I'm going to show you why. And then I'm going to show you what's going to happen to the market. Then we're going to talk about Amazon because we have scoop about which they're going to be using. It's not the blockchain that you think. It is a non-EVM blockchain. That I can tell you. That I can tell you. But I can't tell you which blockchain it is. So we've got a big show. Um, what you need to do, of course, subscribe to the channel as normal. And also like this content. And also just give us some love in the comments. Tell us what you think because... Again, we are starting to be shadow banned and every other time that we've been shadow, you guys have helped us. Now I've got a full studio here. I've got uh, um, uh, everybody in the studio. So I've got uh, Joe from Ireland. If you hear, say present. 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 I've got Jimmy. Jimmy is here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we've got Ferdy. Ferdy. Okay, Josh. Present. Amazing. Pedro Rodriguez, say present. Norbert Nagy, say present. Where's Fred? I don't see Fred. Fred's not in class. Okay, uh, William, William Duvenacher, must be South African, say present. If you're in South Africa, how can you be late? I don't understand. I see you all, I see you all, I see you all. All right, let's, um, first of all, let's talk about the Bybit Rolex. So this Rolex is gone. Yesterday, somebody finally claimed this Rolex. Tomorrow, we will get the winner on the show. I wanted him to come on today. Remember, with us, because we want to prove to you that people actually do win the prizes, we need to show you them and they're going to come on the show. So tomorrow I'm going to announce the winner. We have a winner for the Bybit Rolex. But, 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 but we still don't have a winner for the BitGet Rolex. 
So if we don't get a winner within the next 24 hours, if no one goes to our Discord and claims this Rolex with their BitGet account number, then we're going to just open up, we're going to draw 10 more numbers that there is actually another chance for you. Go and open a BitGet account, take a trade, even if it's a $1 trade, just take a trade. And then tomorrow we can we can maybe draw this Rolex. Uh, and then let us know if we should do more Rolexes, if that's what we, if we should do for the next, for, for next month. If you guys want us to do more Rolexes, let us know. All right, so that's um, four minutes into the show. I haven't given you any alpha yet. I'm, I promise the alpha is going to come. There is lots of alpha, but four minutes and 34 seconds into the show, I haven't given you any alpha because we've been doing, I think what they call it is the housekeeping. You know, it's like when you go to a wedding and they say, you know, like the toilets are over there, the bathroom's are over there. If you want to smoke, go over there. So I've got five minutes in every show to just, do the formalities now we can get we can get on with the alpha and we can talk about um uh bitcoin it's not looking good i mean again we have bitcoin breaking down from this uh, triangle i think it's a symmetrical triangle maybe slightly ascending triangle <clears throat> and we have bitcoin breaking down you can see the last time that it broke down you can see exactly what happened that is what happened when silvergate went down and i told you that i think that this silvergate thing is part of this operation choke point. And this operation choke point is exactly what it sounds. W what it is, is effectively the authorities, the US, trying to choke the on-ramps and off-ramps to crypto to make it almost impossible to get new money into crypto. And then the result of that is, if you can't get new money in, but you can withdraw, then effectively you bleed out the, the liquidity in the crypto markets. And that is exactly what's actually happening here. I'm not the only one who, who says it. Um, you see over here, you've got uh, uh, the Kabisi letter, which says, you know, four days ago, the entire crypto market collapsed in a matter of minutes. Over 200 million was liquidated within an hour. And then since then, Bitcoin is trading completely flat. It just posted its lowest daily volume since 2015. Liquidity is drying up in real time. So we are starting to face a real liquidity crisis in crypto. And the reason why we're having a liquidity crisis in crypto is because there's just no way to get money into the crypto ecosystem. Yes, you can take your money out. But none of the banks, after they, they removed Silvergate, there's not many banks that will allow people to actually put money into crypto. And this is part of the, the, the US government's um, uh, uh, grand plan. It's, it's now obvious that it's a coordinated plan that is doing this. You see that the White House said that they are monitoring Silvergate reports. So... You can see that the, the that even the White House knows exactly what's happening. They are monitoring exactly what's happening with crypto, and it's coordinated. They want to cut off the the oxygen to the crypto markets. That's their way of actually destroying the crypto markets. Actually, just cutting off the the oxygen supply, which is the money supply. And as a result, when people see the market flat, or you think that this is a great buying opportunity and you want to buy it, you can't actually buy it because you can't get money into the crypto ecosystem. And so what we get is we just get a slow bleed going boring and then maybe slightly down because people can take money out of, of the ecosystem. Um, so that's that's what's happening. That's why everything is so quiet. We do have Powell speaking later today. Uh, I'm quite interested to see what he's going to say. We'll talk about, about Powell speaking uh, in, in a couple of minutes. Um, speaking about blocking this oxygen supply or the ability to put money onto the crypto ecosystem. It's not only Silvergate. There was another story today, which again, just reiterates this whole thing. You can see that that story is that Dapper Labs, now Dapper Labs, they own NBA Top Shot, they own CryptoKitties and a whole lot of other NFT projects. They were the creators of the Flow blockchain. 
Now, they used to use Circle as their ACH withdrawal option. So if you wanted to withdraw or to get money into the ecosystem, you would they would use Circle. But Circle just dropped the automated clearinghouse payments, which means that, again, another one of the on-ramps and off-ramps to crypto is kind of cut off because Dapper Labs said on Monday, it can no longer process automated clearinghouse payments due to its partner Circle. It announced on its public Discord server, Circle has made a decision to stop processing ACH withdrawals for all its partner companies effective immediately. So another one of these on-ramps and off-ramps to crypto, effectively getting removed, getting destroyed. And so again, it's this operation choke point, no money coming into crypto. So that's what's going on. At the same time though, there are signs that there will be volatility. And one of the signs that I'm seeing, a lot of people are seeing, is we are seeing an increase in open interest, which is futures positions. So the reason why we can see an increase in futures positions is because you don't need a lot of money to open a futures position. It's not like spot where you have to put down a lot of money. Like if you want to buy a Bitcoin on futures, you take a 10x leverage, you can buy a Bitcoin for $2,200, you can get all the exposure. But you can't do that with spot because you need $20,000 and there's a liquidity crisis. So what we are seeing now is we're seeing the open interest on all the exchanges getting much bigger. We saw it on Bybit. We saw it on Binance. We're seeing it on all the exchanges. People are starting to take a whole lot of leverage. That means that eventually a move has got to come and the move's got to come pretty soon. It could come today when Powell speaks. We'll talk about that. That could be one of those things, but it could come after that. You can see it's it's uh, Binance, it's Bybit, all the, yeah, yeah, you can see this chart over here. Here is the op the uh, aggregated open interest on Binance. Bang, look at the increase in open interest. So people are taking positions here at this flat line level. People are actually taking a whole lot of positions. And what that will cause is it will cause some kind of unwind of the positions, either up or down, because you don't know whether people are taking long positions or short positions. You just know that they've opened up a whole lot of positions. That's it. You don't know. Are these long positions? Are these short positions? We don't know. We just know that right now, there is an open interest that is being opened. And it's not only on Bitcoin, it's also on Ethereum. So we've been following the Bitcoin open interest positions. Um, uh, and and, and um, we've been opening the, the Ethereum positions. So you can see that there is volatility that's going to come in. The other thing that we saw, a lot of people are talking about it, so we'll also talk about it, is the fact that there have been stable coins that have gone onto exchanges. $1.4 billion worth of stable coins has actually entered exchanges in the last, say, 24 hours. Okay, so $1.4 billion. It's that little green line over here. What is interesting here is that the last time we had an inflow into exchanges that big was on the 18th of November, which was just after the FTX collapse. So let me show you where it happened over here. So we go back to 18th of November. It it was around just before the bottom. You see, so the inflow went in over here, then Bitcoin bottomed, and then people started to buy it up. So we could get, if you look at the stats here, what it's showing you is that we have just had a, a little collapse, and maybe these stables will actually be used to buy up the Bitcoin price, which kind of makes sense, because if you're watching the show yesterday, for those of you who are diligent, who are here every single day, you would have remembered in the show yesterday, I showed you, that the liquidations that we had a few days ago were the biggest liquidations that we've had since the FTX collapse. And now what we're getting 
is we're getting the same kind of pattern playing out. This lunar collapse happened. Then there was an exchange, a big exchange inflow where people wanted to buy the dip. This is when FTX happened. Then we had a big exchange inflow for people who wanted to buy the dip. And then this is again a little exchange inflow, hopefully, for people who want to buy the dip. Uh, I'm just going to change my ears. Okay, so you can hear me. Perfect. I can hear you as well. Excellent. All right, so that's the stable coins coming onto exchanges. And at the same time, you've got Bitcoin also coming onto exchanges. So maybe those stable coins who were actually coming onto exchanges that were used to actually buy these Bitcoin, which are actually being taken off exchanges. So that's pretty much what's going on here. So we could maybe, 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 if, if, if the fundamentals are right, we could actually see a small little pump. Problem is that if we if the technicals are right, we could see a small little dump. So this is like, it's like almost like the fundamentals versus the technicals. From a technical point of view, Bitcoin just broke below this little triangle. From a fundamental point of view, yeah, there are there are a lot of um, tokens moving into the market. Now, I know it feels like there is a lot of FUD out there. And believe me, like it, it is a bit scary. You see the SEC FUD and you, you see this cycle of huge FUD. And it feels scary, specifically to people who haven't been here for a long time. But I want to say that I remember after the 2017, 2018 bull market and in 2019, in, in the midst of the bear market, this is exactly the sentiment that we felt every day. We almost felt like crypto was being attacked and, and that SEC and other litigators were, were coming after crypto. That is part of the cycle. And the reason why that is a part of the cycle is because if you think about how the cycle works, in the bull market, things happen very, 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 very quickly. You have a whole lot of projects launching, a whole lot of Ponzi schemes launching, a whole lot of scams happening. And in the bull market, because of the frenzy, it all happens very fast. And it does take the regulators a while to actually go after all these Ponzi's and scams and exchanges and stuff like that. And so what we're seeing now is we're seeing the tail end of the SEC enforcement actions from the previous cycle. If you think about who they're going after, they're going out after all the people that allegedly did wrong things in, in the previous cycle. They're even going after some people that actually did nothing wrong from the previous cycle, but the SEC still thinks it is their business to go after these people. So it is all part of the crypto cycle and it's nothing to be alarmed of, al alarmed at. It has felt a lot worse before. We, I mean, in 2017, 2018, 2019, in the bear market, we thought that crypto wouldn't even survive. That's how bad it is. And so when you think now about the SEC attacking Binance and uh, Kraken and all, and all those things, and you're probably thinking to yourself, wow, crypto will never survive this, you know, with Operation Chokepoint and, and all the, and all the, um, the, uh, the way that the SEC is suffocating the on-ramps and off-ramps onto the crypto market. You may think to yourself, well, you know, how is crypto actually going to survive this? And I remember having that same feeling back then. But it is actually all a part of the, the crypto cycle. And I did see this, which I think is quite telling. It's, it was done by, by the, the rational route. And it is a, it shows all the halving cycles. And it shows like if this is the halving and then you, you know, after the halving, you carry on going. Where do you get to all-time highs and where do you get back to the bottoms? And you can see that if we follow the pattern, you can see that the all-time highs actually really, really, really corresponded. And so have the bottoms. And if this 
halving all time halving cycle map time map is correct then we have seen the bottom which by the way corresponds to our fundamental thesis and generally what will happen now is we'll start going higher and higher and higher into the halving and then also after the halving if if the cycle repeats like all the other cycles and this is the most accurate if you want to predict a bull run the halving has been the most accurate um measure around these bull runs now i don't like using it because it's a four year cycle and for my attention span to follow a four year cycle is like it's almost like ridiculous like oh man i have to wait for four years for the next halving for the next all time high but it is the one indicator that's actually worked if you look at 2017 that was a high and then four years later what do you know 2021 there was another high so i mean you have to respect the halving as someone says in the comments you have to respect the halving and if you do respect the halving um then you should respect the fact that we've probably seen the bottom and that everything that you see now all this fad is actually part of the old cycle it's the cleanup operations of the old cycle it's not about the new cycle it's a cleanup operation for for the old cycle um yeah, I did see something else, which is actually quite cool, which we'll talk about quickly. If you started buying Bitcoin daily, on the day that it reached $69,000, your average purchase price would be $25,800, which is not great because you'll still be 13% down. But it's not as bad as you think. It just shows you the case for, for DCAing. Even if you started DCAing in the top, that's what happened. So as I said to you, look, we are in the part of the cleanup of the last cycle. What the SEC continues to do now is they, the SEC is, has egg all over their face because they failed to, once again, they failed to prevent any of the catastrophes that cost investors in the last cycle. The SEC has basically destroyed that. Um, also, you know, I was actually thinking about it earlier today and I wanted to tweet, but I didn't tweet about it. I was going to say, you no, know, the SEC is supposed to protect investors from losses. But it feels to me like they're trying to protect investors from making gains because anywhere that they can make gains, it's like the SEC wants to stop it. Like in the US, you know, staking where investors can make passive yield on their crypto. No, baby, stop. We can't do You can't do that. Um, lending products, saving products. No, sorry, you can't do that. And now what they're actually starting to do is they're starting to increase their, 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 their investigation stuff to prosecute crypto firms. So now they're going to go to all the crypto firms and they're going to start prosecuting crypto firms. You can see that they, they are on the warpath. In fact, I read an article yesterday that said that the SEC wants to take mining contracts, you know, mining contracts, like, you know, like when you put your Bitcoin or you, you put money behind mining companies and you get some of the rewards that the mining company gets for doing Bitcoin mining. And there's a lot of these in the United States. Well, get this. There was a case filed by the SEC alleging that selling crypto mining equipment and offering hosting services for the equipment is an investment contract under the Howey test. True story. It was a case filed in Utah and some of the mining machines at issue are Bitcoin and miners. And the SEC is now going to, to, um, to make it harder for Americans to, to, to invest in mining equipment because, again, those are securities. The SEC has basically determined that everything is a security. Everything, everything, everything is a security. And they are on the warpath. And they are so much on the warpath that 
traditional finance, specifically some of the biggest players, the most successful players in traditional finance, players like Citadel, you know, which we thought was one of the people that actually crashed Luna. We now know that they didn't. But they say that they are deeply concerned that the SEC has issued multiple far-reaching proposals that would drastically overall current market structure without adequately assessing the cumulative impact on the market or the potential for the unintended consequences. And what they say is we are concerned that the current best execution proposal with overly prescriptive and impractical requirements for managing a new category of so-called conflicted transactions may unnecessarily disrupt market progress. And so a lot of people are now seeing that the SEC has completely lost its mind. And I hope that it becomes a voter issue for the next for the next elections. I hope that one of the candidates goes up and says, you know what, if I get elected, then I'm going to make some overarching changes to the SEC. And the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to kick Gary G out of office and put in someone a little bit more rational. Maybe they can put in Hester Peirce or someone like that. I don't know. Anyway, um, what we are seeing, though, or what we think may be the next target of the SEC, get this, is you won't believe who I think they're going after next. It looks to me like the SEC are actually going after Hex. And maybe, maybe, maybe they're going after Richard Hart. Now, I know that in December, a lot of Hexicans actually got uh, subpoenas from the SEC. This is true. Um, in November and December, this is true. We've corresponded with Richard Hart. Also, he knows that some Hexicans have received letters from the SEC and what they want to know is they want to know whether people were paid to promote Hex. I think what the SEC are looking for is they're looking to see if Rick Hart or somebody promoted or paid Hexicans to promote Hex. And so what they've done as a result is they've actually gone and subpoenaed and asked for a whole lot of information from a whole lot of, um, uh, of, of Hex or Pulse Chain people. So... The documents sufficient to disclose all foreign bank, brokerage, cryptocurrency, and other financial accounts held by you on your behalf or for your benefit on any digital asset wallet, all agreements, documents, um, communications concerning HEX, HEART, PulseChain, and PulseX, including but not limited to agreements concerning you or your representative's promotion of HEX. So they're looking to see if Hex was actually promoted by all these, the, the Hexicans. Um, if you are a Hexican and, 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 and you didn't promote, you weren't paid to promote Hex, just tell us in the comments. Just tell us in the comments. Um, all agreements, documents, and communications concerning payments that you or your representatives received in connection with your represent, representative's promotion of Hex. So you can see they're clearly going after promoting uh, uh, of Hex. Now, that was in November and December. Today, we see that Richard Hart is actually starting to wipe his Twitter clean of Hex. He's changing the language around Hex. He, is, um, he has deactivated his Instagram. Now, that was a great Instagram. It was, it was a great Instagram. You would, lots of things around Richard Hart walking into Prada and Gucci and buying stuff. Really, really good account. I love that account. Um, every time I felt rich, I used to just go and look at that account and then I felt poor again because I could never carry so many bags. But anyway, right now, um, right now he has deleted or is going to delete his Instagram account. He says it's it's for humility. Um, 
Well, Chart says Richard Hart removed his one billion plus crowdfunded project Hex, Pulse Chain, and Pulse X from his bio. He also tweeted that he's deleting his Instagram. We know that. Um, yeah, so we 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 are seeing um, we are seeing the the SEC attack continue, and hopefully, 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 they're not going for Hex next. I mean, I I, I hope that they're not they're not going to be going for Hex next. Um, I mean, speaking of Hex, we should probably talk about Pulse Chain for a few seconds. So we texted Richard because he wanted Richard to come on the show. And he said, yeah, I will come on. For some reason, he couldn't come on today. Uh, but he did say that Pulse, the Pulse Chain launch was actually imminent. So we, we did do a little bit of digging. And what it looks like is that the testnet V3 is 100% confirmed and the launch is imminent. Richard said he hopes that if everything works, then the the launch of Pulse Chain will actually be much sooner than expected. Um, nearly 224 million Ethereum addresses to be copied onto Pulse Chain Network had launched. Um, 623 plus validators. So looks like there is progress with Pulse Chain. Um, and I mean, the test net is happening quite well. We also see that Richard Hart is tweeting and he's saying in his tweet, says, if I'm, if I'm, if I hope I'm able to help some people with my 300, some of my 300K followers. I retired 20 years ago. I'm here for you. Please try and give myself my free self help books. You can download them. And he says, hold on, he says, or enjoy the world's largest free airdrop pulse chain coming soon. So he is hinting that we are very close. And when we reached out to him to come on the show, he, he did say that uh, things are happening pretty soon. All right, so that's who the SEC may be going for in up, you know, in the next part of their, their um, initiatives against crypto. The other um, company or person or collective that the SEC and many others are going for, as you know, as we've said, is CZ. We know that there's a lot of heat around CZ and around Binance and around the articles that have been written um, by the Wall Street Journal and Forbes. And you can see Forbes is ruthless. They are not stopping. They continue to attack CZ. Binance claims innocence while not rebutting US senators' concerns. They wrote an article about the fact that CZ came onto my spaces. He spoke about how innocent he is, but he has not rebutted U.S. senators' concerns. On our spaces, what CZ did say is that he said he would respond, and they are drafting a response to Elizabeth Warren. So he will be he will be uh, a drafting a response, and as a result, you know, just give him time. But what you can see that the FUD machine is out in full force. It's Forbes, and it's Forbes. It's also Wall Street Journal. There was an article yesterday. In that article yesterday, there were some damning accusations. Um, you know, things like Binance programmers in Shanghai had control over the software code that supported Binance US. Remember, this article was around the fact that Binance US was not ring fenced from Binance um, International. It was just a subsidiary of Binance International, which was really um, uh, unregulated. Um, uh, a Binance U.S. spokesperson said the Binance company never mixed user data. While Binance said it would no longer accept U.S. on launch, its officials discussed ways to keep U.S. investors out to keep U.S. investors via the use of VPNs. By the way, if you want a VPN and you're in the U.S. and you want to trade on other exchanges, there's a link below. NordVPN, just use them; they're amazing. Um, we shouldn't be saying shit like that, but sometimes we do. Sometimes my mouth talks faster than my 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 brain can process when I need to shut up, my wife always says that. She says, I'm, I've got, you know, sometimes in situations, I mustn't be too fast to say what I feel, but I just can't control it, unfortunately. 
Um, only a thousand likes, less than a thousand likes. What's going on? Wake up, guys. Let's wake up. Let's. I know. I know the market's boring, but let's smash the like button. Let's. Let's. Let's destroy the algorithm. Let's destroy the algorithm. Let's destroy it. Let's just tell the algorithm we actually enjoy this content. Um, yeah. So, I I was thinking around this. Uh, Benny is wishing me a happy Purim. Are you saying that I'm dressed up, bro? Purim is a festival where Jewish people dress up. Um, this is how I normally dress. I'm not dressed up. Um, I was thinking about this Binance fight earlier, and. Let me tell you how I feel about it. I really believe that CZ has built an incredible, incredible business. He's an amazing guy. I think that Binance, the, the, the mere fact that Binance is the size that it is and has the, the consumer love that it has is testament to what a brilliant business my friend CZ has built. No doubt about that. Problem is that when you build a business in the new realm of finance, which attacks the old realm of finance, which is the the finance that funds these politicians. It's the incumbents. It's the it's the same banks and financial institutions that that donate so much to the politicians and that donate so much in the lobbying of laws. What you can expect, specifically in the U.S., specifically in the U.S., because that's how the U.S. works, you can expect them to keep looking to suffocate and attack CZ and Binance, and and everyone else. Now, here's the way I see it. Maybe CZ and Binance have done nothing wrong. And that's what I think. I think think they've done nothing wrong. Problem is that no matter who you are, if someone takes a magnifying glass and starts looking to see how you have bypassed the law, how you have transcended the law, how you've made mistakes in the past, and specifically... I'm going back to a time in 2016 and 17 and 18 when Binance was a small business and probably they didn't have all the systems and processes in place and most exchanges didn't even have KYC. I think that if the US want to catch Binance out, they will catch someone out. I mean, you know, they can catch you out for any type of crime. Like if you don't if you don't cross the road on the, the pedestrian crossing, on the zebra crossing, or as the Americans say, on the zebra crossing, You've committed a crime. That's that's a crime. It is a crime. Now, no one will prosecute you for that crime, but they can prosecute you if they want to. And it's the same thing with Binance. I'm worried that what's going to happen is that the US is going to look and look and look. And the truth is, no matter who you are, if you look hard enough, you will find mistakes that people made. And those mistakes sometimes were contraventions of the law. Now, when politicians want to prosecute you, they don't decide, well, you know, should we, shouldn't we? They will find something to prosecute you. And that's the part that worries me. The part that worries me is we're seeing all this scrutiny. We're seeing all this FUD. This FUD is what the politicians read. And the politicians then put pressure on the the, the organizations like the SEC and the FBI and the DOJ and, 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 and the New York Attorney General and whatever else to do something about what they're reading in the press, which may or may not be Correct. And so right now, Binance is the subject of those attacks. Once again, I say I believe that they're running a very cool, very clean business, but I can't I can't put my hand on my heart and say that that they've always run a very clean, very cool business because you know they started off as a small business. And as I say, they started off an industry which was very, very young. These attacks, though, are starting to hurt Binance. Now you've seen the market cap of BUSD. I want to just show you that, that again after the SEC. And um, a whole lot of other bodies attacked Paxos. 
which is the issuer of this BUSD coin. But just look at the market cap of BUSD from a high of 23 million, 23 billion. Now it's gone all the way down to 8 billion because people have just started to redeem these coins. So you can see that it is actually starting to hurt the Binance business. And as a result, I mean, I looked at this chart. What you can see is that the biggest gainer from this is USDC and USDT. They're the, the, the biggest gainers of, of the market share that, that has been lost. Now, this John Reed Stark, who we spoke about yesterday, who is a former SEC enforcement guy, he says, look, CZ's days are numbered. He's that, he says, you know, they, they're going after CZ. I think he's wrong, but I think still worth talking about. So what's the play here? Because, you know, I, I don't like giving you news unless there's a play here. And I, this is what I, I, I want to I show you guys. So one thing I did see, which is quite interesting, is GCR drew $40 million from Binance. Can I get this? GCR is an account on Twitter. He's actually he's a legendary, legendary account. He did draw $40 million in one withdrawal from Binance a couple of hours before this tweet. When he was asked about this, he says, as I would consistently say in 2022, PLs are not an endorsement to keep funds on centralized exchanges. I keep about 10% of my net worth on collateral as collateral on centralized exchanges. Now, if he drew $40 million from one exchange, and that is about 10% of his net worth, you're talking about a well here that's you know close to half a billion dollars. In strength. I mean, that, this is no small fish. If he's drawing $40 million, and that is on one exchange, plus minus 10% of his net worth, this is a big fish. This is a this is a big whale. This is this is a, a, a very, very big whale. It's a fat whale. It's a very, very, very fat whale. It's a lot of money that he's drawn. Anyway, he's drawing his money from Binance. He says, look, it's not an endorsement on any of the exchanges, not an attack about the exchanges, just managing risk. He says, I'm going on vacation. And you know, when I'm going on vacation, I don't want to have to worry. But What's the trade here? So if you are worried about BNB, if you are worried about whether or not one of these attacks will eventually stick on BNB, then there is a trade for you. I'm not telling you that it's the trade that I necessarily would be taking, but there is a trade for you. Now, I'll walk you through what I think the trade is. So if these regulatory attacks stick on CZ and on Binance, then we can expect the volumes and we can expect the Binance exchange to take a big hit. You'll agree with me there. I'm saying if, I'm not saying it will, I'm saying if. Binance and uh, Binance, and then as a result, BNB will take a big hit. And even though the token has been an amazing, amazing, amazing performer in the past, it will take a big hit. But if that exchange takes a big hit, the volume on that exchange will have to move to other exchanges. And so if you're reading all the CZ FUD and you're saying, look, I think that one of these attacks may actually stick, then for one, if you're holding BNB, you can sell your BNB. But on the other hand, even if you're not holding BNB, an amazing, amazing, amazing trade is to say, I'm worried about the regulatory pressures. I'm worried about the regulatory attacks on Binance. I'm worried that one of them may stick. If it does stick, rest assured that the BNB token and the BNB exchange is going to get destroyed volume-wise, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, okay? If this happens. And then that volume needs to go somewhere. And so where does it go? Well, the biggest custodian would be Coinbase because Coinbase at that point 
may emerge as the most regulated exchange, specifically in the United States, but it will emerge as the most regulated exchange. The other play that you can do is you can spread your money across a whole lot of other exchange tokens. And there's a whole lot of exchange tokens. There's the KuCoin token, there's the OKX token, there's the BitDAO token, which represents Bybit. There's even, you know, you want to call it Flex. And I told you that this token wouldn't win the popularity contest. I did say that to you. I said, you know, it's not the most popular um, uh, exchange because it's Carl and Suzu's token. I told you to buy this thing at 55 cents. Some of you listened, some of you didn't. Now I'm trading at 192. Um, then we also spoke about the BitGet token. So let's quickly go to the BitGet token. Um, here it is, the BGB token. And you can see that, again, I'm not telling you that these are better than Binance because as, as exchanges, they're definitely not. But you can see the performance of the BitGet token has been unbelievable. So what am I saying to you? There is a trade here. If you are worried that Binance is going to, let me show, let me explain to you as a trade why this is such a great trade. If you're worried that Binance is going to get hit by some of this FUD, then Binance gets hit, something happens, the volume on, B, on Binance goes down, and people go to all the other exchanges, in which case all the other exchange tokens do well. KuCoin, BitGet, uh, OKX token, also one of our sponsors, um, uh, BitDAO, because it's the Bybit token. All those tokens increase in value. You can also buy Coinbase equity. Um, and that will probably also increase in value. Why? Because that volume has got to go somewhere. On the other hand, if you're wrong, if you're wrong, and, and also you can buy the decentralized exchanges. If you're wrong, then you will probably still make money anyway because crypto is an asset class is growing and crypto exchanges are the natural custodians of it. So on a relative basis, on a relative basis, right now there's a double case to be buying exchange tokens. One is because exchange tokens have been amazing tokens, centralized and decentralized exchanges, because the biggest use case of crypto right now is actually trading. And then you've got this risk overhang. If you believe the risk overhang, if it worries you, the risk overhang says, hold on, what if something happens to Binance? Well, then who's going to be the custodian of it? Coinbase, Bybit, BitGet, OKX, KuCoin, all the other exchanges, maybe maybe even uh, CoinFlex or or um, OpenX, which is which is the 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 CoinFlex token. Now, again, I want to reiterate this. I think that CZ is running an amazing show. I think he's built one of the best exchanges in the world. I think also though that if the regulators want to catch you for something, because because because, then maybe 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 one of these attacks eventually can stick. So if you want to hedge that attack, and again, I'm saying this, I believe that Binance is the best exchange. I believe that they've built an amazing business. But if you want to hedge yourself because you are worried, there is a way to do it. There is a way to do it. And the way to do it is just to buy the other exchange tokens and to buy Coinbase equity. Because in the unlikely event that something happens to Binance, well, then all of those go up. And if not, if not, then anyway, those go up because crypto is is going to continue going up and, and being more adopted and being more traded. And we know that the exchange tokens have been the biggest beneficiaries. If we look, I mean, let's just look at some of the exchange tokens, even in this market. So that's that's Flex, okay? That's the, the exchange that hasn't even launched. Let me show you some other ones. So GMX, Perpetuals Exchange. Um, Perpetuals Exchange. Just look at the performance of the Perpetuals Exchange from $25 to $70. Let's quickly, I'm, just, I'm going to just show you some more. GNS, one of our sponsors, um, we love GNS. 
Again, look at the performance from $2.85 to $7.48. Let's look at the OKX. OKX. Uh, it's called OKK, I think, right? OKK. What's the OKX token? OKB, sorry, OKB. OKB token. You see, all the exchanges are very, very, very much in an upward trend. And so for me, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, if you are worried about the whole Binance trade, well, then do something about it. Just go and buy all the other tokens. It's as, as simple as that. And then, you know, if, if, if we're right, if we're right, nothing happens to Binance. If we're wrong and something does happen to Binance, well, you've been hedged. And when the users go somewhere, they're going to have to go to one of the other exchanges. So you got it. I think that's a very good, I think that's a very good explanation. It's a very good explanation. Um, all right, we do have Powell speaking in about three minutes. Maybe we'll join his talk if you guys want. If you guys want to stick around, we, we can join his talk. Um, it's the first time he's speaking since the 7th of Feb. And we, 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 um, we have to remember what happened since the last time we spoke. We had the January CPI above expectations. We had the January PPI above expectations. We had the January CPE above expectations. Everything, basically everything fell apart since he spoke. Now, we have to watch this chart, which is the chart that shows what's going to happen to the next interest rate increase. When he starts talking, we must just refresh and refresh and refresh this chart. Right now, 30% chance of a 50 basis point rate hike, 25% chance of a um, of a of a 25 basis point rate hike. I'm also watching the Dixie because now the Dixie broke below this trend again. So for me, I'm I'm looking for the Dixie to start weakening, and then I think that'll be obviously very 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 good for crypto. Um, so that's that's that. All right, listen, I did promise you scoop about the Amazon blockchain, right? I did I did promise you that, right? So let's let's go there. Let's. I mean, I'm not expecting Paul to say much. What is he going to say? We're going to be data driven. Um, we're going to be data driven. We we continue to monitor the data. Our data will inform our decision at the next FOMC. Fifty basis points is not off the table. We will continue to follow the data. That's what you have to say when um, when Paul, if if you are in Paul's position. All right, let's go to Amazon and talk about the big, big, big Amazon news. Yesterday we broke news for you that Amazon is launching its own NFT marketplace. Um, and it, let me tell you some more scoop before we talk about the marketplace. For one, we know that it's not going to be a hidden marketplace, but it's actually going to be on the front page of Amazon's website. It's going to be it's going to be published there, and it's going to be an NFT marketplace which launches sometime in in April. We also know that it is launching on a non EVM blockchain. So even though a lot of people thought, specifically this account, you know, in China said. Um, AVAX has worked with Amazon AWS strategically. They're not the only ones that have worked with AWS strategically. There's a lot of others that have worked with AWS. Chainlink, VChain, they've all worked with AWS strategically. Um, let's look here. You see, so we have uh, um, we have Amazon working with Avalanche. We have Amazon working with Chainlink, even though it's not a blockchain, working with VChain. So we do know that Amazon is going to be working with a non-EVM blockchain. And so the next question is, well, which non-EVM blockchain can it be? Um, could it be Solana? Could it be, I don't know, Osmosis? Could it be Algorand? These are all the options. Um, we also know that they're not going to use Kadena. They said they're not going to use Kadena. They did say that in a, in a press release. They didn't actually say that. Hold on, is there something coming out? Am I, 
Oh, everyone says, look at your WhatsApp. Hold on a second. What, what something's going on here? Is Paul on? Okay, let's let's cross over to Paul. Guys, give me the link to Paul. Um, just just highlight the link. Let's go on to Paul, and there's a red candle. So okay, let's quickly do that now. Quickly, we will continue with the regular broadcast. Uh, is this the right link? Yep. And it look. It says it's waiting for the stream. Someone says we're dumping hard. You see, I told you when I started the show. I told you that I thought that the break would come downwards. It did come downwards. Uh, can we check the link? I think that that link is not the right link. But he must be speaking. Oh, uh, okay. Okay, so we do have a bit of a dip. We did tell you, I did tell you that I think it's going to break downwards because because the technicals showed a downward break, but we are recovering. All right, we have kept it here. So we kept it here. We are waiting for the Senate banking. So we'll we'll hear this when it comes on. In the meantime, let's go back to the story about Amazon. So we know it's an non-EVM chain. Which chain could it be? Well, unfortunately for us, it seems like that what's going to happen is they're going to create some type of private blockchain. And it's not going to be any of the chains that we trade the public blockchain. It's going to be their own blockchain that they're starting specifically for the purpose of trading the, these NFTs. So bad news for you if it's going to be a Solana or Near or whatever else, it's going to be their own blockchain. And then the question becomes, well, is this actually, does it actually even make a difference to crypto? Because if it's their own blockchain, they may as well just store it in their own fucking database. That's that's the reality of it. What do you need a blockchain for if it's going to be the Amazon blockchain for selling Amazon NFTs? But I suppose it does actually get people to use NFTs. <laughs> I mean, it does this without without um, people to use MetaMask. So we're not even teaching how we're not even teaching people how to use MetaMask, which is I mean, we're actually not teaching people anything. The one good thing is that. The CEO, Andy Jassy, said, I expect NFTs will continue to grow significantly. It's possible that Amazon integrates crypto payments one day. So he is bullish about it. But this is like dipping their, their feet in the water. Guys, it's not a bloodbath. Bitcoin is literally down $100. Like, could everyone just take a deep breath, stop trading the three-minute charts? Because if you are trading the three-minute charts, that's what, that's what your life looks like at the moment. Take a deep breath. We, we are monitoring the situation. The S&P is only down 0.65%. And it is in anticipation of Paul talking. Paul hasn't even started talking, right? He should have started. So we look, we're here. We have Paul live here. Don't worry. We will follow this. We will follow this. We will follow this. Trust me, we, we're here. We're here for you. Take a Xanax. Calm down. Okay. Let us um, let's carry on with with news while we're waiting for Paul to speak. He is about to speak. We will hear it when he speaks. So this tab is open on YouTube. So we'll hear it when it speaks. Uh, I see my flex coin now at one ninety four. I did tell you guys to buy it. Some of you listened. Congratulations. For the rest of you, next time potentially you should listen. Um, okay. So get this. This is this is gonna this story is gonna blow your mind. You know the FTX liquidator, John. What's his name? John Ray. John Ray, the FTX liquidator. Is suing, get this. Who's he suing? He's suing Grayscale. No, you heard this right. Someone says Paul is now on. Okay, I'm gonna refresh the feed. I, I don't know if we're if you're watching this somewhere else. Fox News on YouTube. Okay, let's go to Fox News on YouTube. 
Fox News. Fox News on YouTube. Uh, I don't know where to see if Paul is talking. Nope, not on. If someone, if someone could, Paul, yeah, people are saying it's up. Ultimate risk, uh, CNBC. Okay, someone drop us a YouTube link. Actually, I'm, I'm going to go Powell live. Corporations from exploiting all of these crises to jack up prices far beyond the increase in their costs. Last year, corporate profits hit a record high. Corporate PR chiefs assure us that these companies just have to raise prices. Their costs are going up. The workers just want to be paid too much. They have no other choice, they tell us. Yet when you look at their profits and their executive salaries and their stock buyback plans, sure doesn't look like corporations have exhausted every available alternative. It's so brazen. Even global bankers called on the Fed to identify this profiteering is one of the biggest drivers of inflation. Paul Donovan, chief economist of global wealth management at UBS wrote, the Fed should make clear that raising profit margins are spurring inflation. Companies have passed higher costs on to consumers, but they've also taken advantage of circumstances to expand profit margins. The broadening of inflation beyond commodity prices is more profit margin expansion than wage cost pressures. Think about that. From a chief economist at UBS, I'll say it again, they've taken advantage these companies have taken advantage of circumstances to pro to expand profit margins. The broadening of inflation beyond Someone commodity prices is more profit margin expansion than wage cost pressures, unquote. The Fed, understandably, the Fed can't force corporations to change their ways well, did, uh, or rewrite the Wall Street business model on its own. But the Fed can talk about it. High interest rates, falling wages, increasing unemployment are all hallmarks of failed policies that end up helping Wall Street, the largest corporations in the country, the wealthiest people in the country. Because let's be clear what we're talking about when people use the economic speak that can cloud this conversation. Cooling the economy means laying off workers. Lowering demand means workers get fewer raises. Of course, there are times when the Fed must act. We can't allow inflation to be entrenched. We've seen encouraging trends. That is that that isn't happening. And there are other ways we can bring prices down instead of lowering demand. Again, making people poor, laying people off, denying worker raises. We can speed up and strengthen our supply chains. We can bring critical manufacturing back to the U.S. We can rebuild our infrastructure. It's what we're doing with the CHIPS Act, with the Inflation Reduction Act, with the bipartisan infrastructure bill. For the first time in decades, we're finally recognizing the damage that I and many of my colleagues warned corporate the, the corporate offshoring would do to our economy. Look at East Palestine, Ohio, a community that Senator Vance and I have visited a number of times recently. America learned about this small town last month when a Norfolk Southern train derailed and spewed hazardous material into this community. East Palestine is more than just a disaster headline. Columbiana County. Come on, man was You're once the center of American time. ceramics manufacturing, at one time producing 80% of ceramics of dishware in this country. One county produced 80% of it. When I was there last week... If you are just joining us here, it is 10.07 on the East Coast and 7.07 on the West Coast. Jerome Powell, the Fed chairman, expected to uh, testify before Congress any moment now. But I do actually want to get to some breaking so news this? on a story that we have been... Okay, so what is this if 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 
maybe maybe our original stream link was right. Let's look at let's look at that original stream link. If if maybe maybe I'll, hold on, where, where is that original stream link? Let's get that original stream link. Okay, guys, just drop me the the correct stream link. There we go. Okay, let's see this one. That provides for your family. We must here ensure that all Americans have the opportunity for that dignity of work. It's a critical time. The consequences of missteps could be severe. Um, Mr. Chairman, two more things that affect affect your job. It's not just monetary policy that threatens American pocketbooks. Some of my colleagues have threatened the nation's full faith and credit by holding the debt ceiling hostage for partisan politics. Instead of paying our bills on time, they're threatening, essentially threatening all Americans. The Fifth Circuit's Consumer Financial Protection Bureau ruling could also cause unimaginable instability and chaos for families, for consumers, but also, as the chair knows, for right, financial right. system. The, the Fifth Circuit is Wall Street's, no doubt about it, the Fifth Circuit is Wall Street's favorite courthouse. It recently ruled the CFPB's independent funding. If funding is unconstitutional, if the Supreme Court upholds the Fifth Circuit's ruling, it will not only devastate CFPB, it will threaten the independent funding of many other federal agencies, including the Federal Reserve. I look forward today hearing today's hearing how the Fed will balance its dual mandate and continue to promote an economy where everyone who wants a good job can find one, an economy that works for everyone. Uh, Senator Scott. Senator Scott. Sorry. Sorry. Good morning, Chairman Bell. <clears throat> Sitting here looking at my prepared my prepared remarks, thinking about A, there's an opening coming where Vice Chairman Brainer's moving on. I think it's really important for us to make sure that all the information that we need in order to make a good decision on the next nom that we have in a timely fashion. So I would really implore uh, the chair to make sure that's, uh, that happens, that every question, every questionnaire that is uh, asked from the person, we get. Uh, every member of this committee has their questions answered in a timely fashion, and that the staff has their answers in a timely fashion. Listening to Chairman Brown, I thought to myself, fascinating, truly fascinating. I concluded that, <clears throat> well, I, I know Chairman Brown pretty well. I am sure he is sincere in his rant. But let me just say this. Spending and printing trillions of dollars, caving to the radical left in this country, Seeing policies posited and then implemented that led to the worst inflation in 40 years. Seeing our inflation at 9.1%. Seeing American families struggle because of the weight of the government on their shoulders. Seeing the devastation from South Carolina to Ohio. It's unbelievable that the progressives in this country who caused a 9.1% inflation would then turn somewhere besides in the mirror to see the absolute devastation caused by their out-of-control spending is remarkable. Remarkable. To stop the out-of-control inflation caused by the out-of-control spending, the Fed steps in. She hasn't even started to talking yet. cool the economy. 
Guy hasn't even well, started the talking. definition of cool in the economy is necessary because we've seen the most radical approach to a problem that was in our rearview mirror being used as a that. Trojan horse to bring in a level of socialism and spending that our nation has not seen in my lifetime. Months. The facts are very simple. When you get to 9.1% inflation in this nation, as a kid who grew up in a single parent household, mired in poverty, a 40% today, 100% just a year ago, increase in the gas prices, devastates single mothers around this country. For seniors on fixed income, whose savings are being depleted with an average cost just last month of a $433 increase because of inflation. For my friends on the other side of the aisle to look any place besides a mirror, I find stunning. The truth is that when your food prices go up uh, over 20%, when your electricity is up over 20%, you have to ask yourself, where in the world are they? They cannot be in this universe. It must be an alternate universe where in fact it's okay for us to see prices go through the roof and our economy not stumble, but fall into a ditch. Why are we in the ditch? Because progressives used the pandemic as a way to usher in a form of spending that takes the money out of the pockets of everyday Americans and puts it in the coffers of the government. There is a better way. The better way is to trust the American people. And when you do so, we don't have to have the Fed come in and raise interest rates so high to quell the challenges in our economy so that today versus 18 months ago, the price of the same house for your mortgage payment is twice as high. Why? Because of the runaway spending of our friends on the other side of the aisle. I'm sure I do not have time for my opening comments. What I will say without any question. As I look around the country, the probability of I a 50 myself, basis point rate hike just overtook how devastating the 25 is it basis point rate hike. Today it cost 433 uh, more uh, dollars. This baffles my mind. Than it did a year ago. The answer, Paul hasn't even started speaking yet. He hasn't even started speaking it, and the probability of a 50 point, basis point rate hike just went over 25 basis points when we started our show. A few minutes ago, it was 60, 40, 70, 30 the other way. By this amount, it's devastating to have a conversation about rents around the country. Looking at the inflationary 50, 50 now. and the absolute devastation of a snarling supply chain that we haven't seen in my lifetime, run by my friends in the progressives. Unbelievable. But to get to you, Chairman Powell, one of the comments that you've made that I think is really important in one of the speeches you gave in January, and I apologize for my rant. I just wanted to make sure my rant was consistent with my friend here. Um, it is essential, you said, 
that we stick to our statutory goals and authorities and that we resist the temptation to broaden our scope to address other important I'm telling you the market goes up because taking it's overreacting to something that hasn't even however happened. worthy without a clear statutory mandate would undermine the case of our independence. You further noted that, and I quote, without explicit congressional legislation, it would be inappropriate for us to Someone use our monetary already. policy or supervisory speak? tools to promote a greener economy or to achieve other climate-based goals. We are not and will not be a climate policy maker. Do you still stand by those comments? I do. Thank you. Finally, I know we're not in the question. I know. I get it. Finally. You now have four minutes and 12 seconds. Yes. <laughs> I, I knew the chairman would dock that for my time. And I appreciate you uh, doing so with a sense of humor. With a great humor. Great humor. Finally, several of my Republican colleagues and I sent a letter to you discussing Vice Chair, Supervisor, Vice Chair of Supervision Michael Barr's plan to conduct a holistic review of capital standards. I look forward to discussing those capital standards uh, during my Q&A, and I will thank you for our recent Let the guy talk. I mean, let's, that, uh, let's get to the point. Let's get the guy talk. Some of the necessary challenges that we face as a nation and your answers to it. Thank you, Mr. Thank you. Speaking of illuminating, thank you, Senator Scott. Yes, sir. Uh, thank you for allowing me to use this. Today we'll, yeah, today we'll hear from Chair of the Federal 50, Reserve, Jerome Powell, on monetary 50. policy in the state of our economy. And I don't expect Chair Powell to weigh in on uh, the mini debate we just had, but I think we all know that the debt increase was much larger under President Trump and a Republican Senate than it has been since. Um, Chair Powell, thank you for your service and your testimony today. Chairman Brown. Uh, ranking Member Scott and other members of the committee, I appreciate the opportunity to present the Federal Reserve's semi-annual monetary policy report. My colleagues and I are acutely aware that high inflation is causing significant hardship, and we're strongly committed to returning inflation to our 2% goal. Over the past year, we've taken forceful actions to tighten the stance of monetary policy. We have covered a lot of ground, and the full effects of our tightening so far are yet to be felt. That's Even good. so, we have more work to do. Our policy actions are guided by our dual mandate to promote maximum employment and stable prices. Without price stability, the economy does not work for anyone. In particular, without price stability, we will not achieve a sustained period of labor market conditions that benefit all. I'll review the current economic situation before turning to monetary policy. The data from January on employment, consumer spending, manufacturing production, and inflation <clears throat> have partly reversed the softening trends that we'd seen in the data just oh, a month yeah. ago. Oh, you can say that again. Some of this reversal likely reflects the unseasonably warm weather in January in much of the country. Still, the breadth of the reversal, along with revisions to the previous quarter, suggests that inflationary pressures are running higher than expected at the time of our previous FOMC meeting. From a broader perspective, inflation has moderated somewhat since the middle of last year, but remains well above the FOMC's longer-run objective of 2%. The 12-month change in total PCE inflation uh, has slowed from its peak of 7% in June to 5.4% in January, as energy prices have declined and supply chain bottlenecks have eased. Over the past 12 months, core PCE inflation, which excludes the volatile food and energy prices, was 4.7%. As supply chain bottlenecks have eased and tighter policy has restrained demand, 
inflation in the core goods sector has fallen. And while housing services inflation remains too high, the flattening out in rents evident in recently signed leases good news. points good. to a this deceleration in this component of inflation over good. the year ahead. That said, there is little sign of disinflation thus far in the category of core services excluding housing, a category that accounts for more than half of core consumer expenditures. To restore price stability, we'll need to see lower inflation in this sector, and there will very likely be some softening in the labor market conditions. Although nominal wage gains have slowed somewhat in recent months, they remain above what is consistent with 2% inflation and current trends in productivity. Strong wage growth is good for workers, but only if it's not eroded by inflation. Turning to growth, the U.S. economy has slowed significantly last year, with real GDP rising at a below-trend pace of 0.9%. Although consumer spending appears to be expanding at a solid pace this quarter, other recent indicators point to subdued growth of, suspending and, of spending and production. Activity in the housing sector continues to weaken, largely reflecting higher mortgage rates. Higher interest rates and slower output growth also appear to be weighing on business fixed investment. Despite the slowdown, the, the labor market remains extremely tight. The unemployment rate was 3.4% in January, its lowest level since 1969. Job gains remained very strong in January, while the supply of labor has continued to lag. As of the end of December, there were 1.9 job openings for each unemployed individual, close to the all-time peak recorded last March, while unemployment insurance claim, claims have remained near historical lows. Turning to monetary policy. With inflation well above our longer-run goal of 2%, and with the labor market remaining extremely tight, the FOMC has continued to tighten the stance of monetary policy, raising interest rates by 4.5 percentage points over the past year. We continue to anticipate that ongoing increases in the target range for the federal funds rate will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2% over time. In addition, we are continuing the process of significantly reducing the size of our balance sheet. We are seeing the effects of our policy actions on demand in the most interest-sensitive sectors of the economy. It will take time, however, for the full effects of monetary restraints to be realized, on inflation. In light of the cumulative Bitcoin tightening almost back in the trend and the lags with which monetary policy affects economic Come activity on, and inflation, the committee slowed the pace of interest rate increases over its past two meetings. We will continue to make our decisions meeting by meeting, taking into account the totality data. of the incoming data and That's their it. implications for the outlook for economic activity and inflation. Although inflation has been moderating in recent months, the process of getting inflation back down to 2% has a long way to go <clears throat> and is likely to be bumpy. As I mentioned, the latest economic data have come in stronger than expected which suggests that the ultimate level of interest rates is likely to be, to be higher than previously anticipated. If the totality of the data were to indicate <clears throat> that faster tightening is warranted, we'd be prepared to increase the pace of rate hikes. Restoring price stability will likely require that we maintain a restrictive stance of monetary policy for some time. <clears throat> our overarching focus is using our tools to bring inflation back down to our 2% goal and to keep longer-term inflation expectations well anchored.
restoring price stability is essential to set the stage for achieving maximum employment and stable prices over the longer run. The historical record cautions strongly against prematurely loosening policy. We will stay the course until the job is done. To conclude, we understand that our actions affect communities, families, and businesses across the country. Everything we do is in service to our public mission. At the Federal Reserve, we will do everything we can to achieve our maximum employment and price stability goals. Thank you. I look forward to your questions. So the, uh, thank you, Mr. Bitcoin Chair. There recovered. are 23 of us on this committee. The S&P recovered, but the Dixie didn't recover. Look, the Dixie took that, that jump up and didn't recover. Because we can, because we have votes at 1130. So uh, thank you all for your cooperation, Chair Powell. Thank you. Job growth is strong as unemployment remains historically low. You might not know that from the opening statements. Uh, many drivers of inflation, corporate greed, rising inequality, supply chain disruptions, Russia's uh, bestiality, if you will, in Ukraine won't get better because of interest rate increases. Every indication is that this post-pandemic economy is different. Should we be worried, Mr. Chair, that the Fed is treating this economic period as it has in the past instead of reacting differently? Thank you, uh, Mr. Chairman. Uh, so we've been aware since the very beginning and have said have discussed this uh, publicly on many occasions that, that there are some differences this time. Uh, we, in particular, have not seen the kind of uh, supply side collapse that we saw at the very beginning of the inflation right. outbreak. Also, the outbreak of a war which had significant effects on commodity prices a year ago. So all that is different. There are also, though, some similarities. <clears throat> there, there is a mismatch between supply and demand. You can see that uh, in, in, in the goods sector still. You saw it in, in housing prices going up uh, over 40% since, uh, since before the pandemic. And you see it in the labor market where we have 1.9 job openings for every opening uh, for every unemployed person. So we're well aware that, that this, this particular situation involves a mix of cycles, of, sorry, of forces, not all of which our, our tools can affect, but there is a job here for us to do in, in better aligning demand with supply. Okay, understanding you have limited tools to address inflation and in our conversations um, in the past show my concern about continued rate increases that, that may not actually address the root cause of inflation. They hurt workers and I just, I, many of us contend we can't follow the same old playbook. Uh, next question, last year, three banking regulators issued proposed updates on the Community Reinvestment Act to account for changes in our banking system. My question is, does the Fed remain committed to work with FDIC and OCC to finalize the CRA rule, and when will that rule likely be finalized? Yes, we do remain committed, and uh, I believe we are in uh, broad agreement with the other two agencies on 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 the revisions to the rule. So now we're in the process of writing all that down. That'll, that'll take some time. The that, twenty-five course, basis point rate hike uh, again. It will come to the board of, of governors for a vote, and that will involve briefings and and discussions. And I, I can't give you an exact date, but but it as quickly be, as possible. Yes, but it will it will be some months. Okay. Thank you. Um, Banks weathered the shock of the COVID-19 shutdowns mostly because of the fiscal response provided by Congress. We now see a spike in loan delinquencies and increase in overall risk. Banks are again plowing billions, billions, as many other corporate leaders always defended by people on that side of the aisle, um, in, into stock buybacks, which makes me concerned that there's a downturn in the economy. Banks could end up with too little capital. That's why I'm worried about any potential rollbacks of safeguards or regulations. Can you assure me that the Fed 
will keep capital requirements strong and exercise more long-term forward thinking than corporate CEOs that seem to be focused on the short term. I can assure you as to the first part uh, uh, that, that we'll, we'll keep uh, capital requirements strong. I didn't expect you to comment on your, uh, give me an opinion about you're looking more forward than than companies that look at the short-term benefits of stock buybacks. Uh, Mr. Chair, when you last testified, I asked you about the risk posed by crypto assets, stablecoin, the Fed, and other crypto. regulated possibilities. How is the Fed evaluating the risks of crypto-related activities by your by your supervised institutions? So this is something we've been we've been quite active in this area, and and I'll say that. Uh, we, we believe that innovation is very important over time to the economy. We don't want to stifle innovation. We don't want regulation to uh, stifle innovation in a way that just uh, favors incumbents and that kind of thing. But like everyone else, we're watching what's been happening in, in the crypto space. And, you know, what we see is, you know, quite a lot of turmoil. We see fraud. We see a lack of transparency. We see run risk, lots and lots of things like that. And so what we've been doing is is making sure that the that the uh, regulated financial institutions that we supervise and regulate are careful, are taking great care in the ways that they engage with the, uh, you know, with the whole crypto space and that they give us prior notice. And we've issued along with the FDIC and the OCC a number of, of um, uh, you know, issuances of, <clears throat> of notices to that effect. Thank you. And I will close with this. I've long pushed for the Fed to prioritize workers and for the leaders of the Fed to re reflect the diversity of our country. We've made progress, but our work is not done. We have a new opening. Understand it's not your job to appoint the new Fed, Fed member. Uh, we have a, and we have a number of upcoming vacancies at the Reserve Banks. I support Senator Reid from Rhode Island, Senator Menendez from New Jersey, and other. Okay, I think what we need to do, we can be here all day. And I think we, we, we you know, the, the testimony will go on all day, but I think the, the important parts are finished. Really nothing happened. Where Powell started his talk is kind of where we finished on the markets when it comes to Bitcoin. When it comes to the S&P, the S&P is now just under that trend. So I'll take you closer to that trend line. Remember, we're watching this trend line and it's actually just over. So that's good. Um, that's, that's good. We also see the Dixie. So this is the concerning chart. It's the chart of the Dixie. It's the one chart that started to go up when Powell started speaking, but hasn't come back down. So we started off like right here at 104.5, and now we're at 105.1. That's not good for, for, for the Dixie. Um, the other chart that seems to be quite hawkish, bearish, is this probabilities of a 50 basis point rate hike, which we now see is, is uh, I mean, surprisingly over 50, 50. Now, you'll remember that I said to you guys a while back, I said that, I think it's going to be a 50 basis point rate hike. I I said it in the beginning when everyone was forecasting a 25 basis point rate hike. I said it's going to be 50. It looks like 50 is coming up. But remember, it's not over until the inflation data comes out on the 14th of March, which is about a week from now. What's the date today? Today is the 7th, right? Seven. So it's exactly next week, Tuesday, where we will be with you and we'll be bringing you the inflation data. Um, and I guess that will inform where this 50 basis point rate hike is. The good thing here, the good thing is that the market is now pricing in a 50 basis point rate hike. And so if we don't get a 50 basis point rate hike, if we do get a 25 basis point rate hike, then that leaves space for the market to go up. But all in all, I guess not much um, happening. We are on Bitcoin where we started the show. We are on the S&P more or less where we started the show. We are on, um, on the Dixie below where we started the show. And 
I guess the main thing that's changed is that there's now a 50 basis point rate hike on, on the cards. So on that note, remember, if you want to claim the watch, go to our Discord. There are 10 BitGet addresses. If one of those 10 is yours, you win this watch. Just let us know. Go, you write a mail to giveaways at cryptobanter.com. If not, tomorrow I'll release another 10 BitGet addresses and we've got to try and give away the watch as soon as possible. I will see you guys again tomorrow. Until then, trade well, my friends.